Hello, this is Alonzo Bowden. Welcome to episode five of my podcast, Who's Paying Attention? A lot of you guys have been paying attention. I do appreciate it. I asked for some feedback on whether or not I should have a co-host, and it seems to be no co-host, but I'll definitely have guests in upcoming podcasts, and about the music, and you guys seem to like the music in the background, and um, most of the music you hear in the background are jazz artists who are friends of mine, so some of you have been asking, it's guys like Marcus Miller, and George Duke, and Gerald Albright, Gene Williams, who is a guy I grew up with, he's he's on there sometime, Philippe Sace, who is the only knight that I know, Sir Philippe Sace, and Eric Darius, great guy, great artist. So uh, check out some of their music. Um, There is some Miles Davis. I'm sure you've heard of him. He was pretty famous back in the day. So I'll keep the music. I'll keep talking. Let's get started. There's a lot going on. I I have the feeling I'm five minutes behind. You ever get that feeling? I always feel like I'm, I'm five minutes behind. There was a line in a great movie called Mr. Saturday Night by Billy Crystal and the line was, I am suffering from acute late. And that's how I feel. So anyway, let's get started. What's going on this week? Uh, there's a lot going on, some old stories, some new. Let's start with George Zimmerman, the guy who shot Trayvon Martin. George Zimmerman has a website called therealgeorgezimmerman.com. And the purpose of the website is to raise money. He says that he had a life-changing incident <laughs> yeah, I'm laughing because, uh, I mean, you talk about underselling something. Did I shoot an unarmed kid? No, I had a life-changing incident, and he can't work, and he, he had to leave his home, and blah, 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 and he needs money. He, he says there may be a defense fund, and blah. listen, George Zimmerman, you shot an unarmed kid. You uh, There's repercussions for that. There, there's penalties for that. Um. Hopefully there will be some legal penalties for that, but this is really a joke. But I have no doubt he's going to get plenty of money, plenty of money. A lot of people are going to donate. I think it's, uh, I don't know if horrible is the right word, but I will go with ridiculous. And and people ask, what's my voice? You know, I I think my voice is a voice of reason. I think most of what I say, I try to hit that reasonable man standard. What a reasonable person would think. Reasonable meaning someone, I don't know, who's lived a few years and maybe read a book or two. You know, um, I was described, I, I recently met with an agency and one of the agents was an old friend of mine and he said the industry, meaning Hollywood producers and um, decision makers, etc., described me as boring. So I guess reasonable is boring, which kind of sucks career-wise. But it's where I come from and it's what I have to say. And um, the idea that George Zimmerman shoots an unarmed kid and then starts a website basically saying, poor me, I'm suffering, please give me money and people will give him money is absolute insanity. Only in America. Not even only in America. How about we go with only in Florida? Because Florida, you, you guys, I don't know what's going on down there, Florida. I love you guys. Uh, you seem to have lost your minds. <laughs> There's so many crazy things that happen and come out of Florida. And and uh, we got a few going on this week. 
But before we get to more Florida craziness, there was a shooting in Tulsa, Oklahoma last week. It was uh, another tragic case. Two guys um, went into a uh, black community and shot three people. And, you know, the thing is now, they, they've been arrested, and, and the question comes up, was it racially motivated? And some say yes, because one of the shooters uh, claimed that he was mad because, uh, you know, um, a fucking nigger shot his dad. And that that's not my quote, that's his. And I'm not going to be afraid to say it or say something ridiculous like that, the N-word. You know, and he said that, so that would imply racial motivation. But then others are saying, well... He's Cherokee Indian. He's not white, so it can't be racist. And I've also heard that about George Zimmerman. That George Zimmerman is of a Hispanic background, so it can't be racist. Listen, uh, racism isn't just white on black or black on white. When one group or a member of one group shoots a member of another group and claims that the reason is you are a member of that group, then that's racism. That's a hate crime. Okay, so like... If a black person shoots a gay person and, and he's yelling about faggots, that's a hate crime. It doesn't mean, well, he's black, so it couldn't be, you know, a hate-motivated thing. Or, or if an Asian shoots a white guy screaming, I hate white people, then that's racially motivated. So racism, unfortunately, hate crimes, unfortunately, they, they, they can't be categorized simply as black and white. And, and it's, this was another terrible case of a shooting and uh at least they caught the guys and the guys um will be prosecuted and you know i don't know if they'll be prosecuted as a hate crime or prosecuted for murder but it's it's a shame it's a blight um god bless you tulsa oklahoma i i hope you can recover from this i know some people down there it's a great city and um yeah this this is bad and and how ridiculous is it that we have to categorize our hate I wonder how that looks, you know, from from other countries like, wow, they really get into it. They have to look at their hate, and categorize their hate, and work out their hate. God bless America. It, it's sad, really sad and tragic. And um, I don't know. I don't think it's going to stop in my lifetime. Um, I have some teenage nieces and nephews. And with the changing demographics of America, maybe there's hope for it stopping in their lifetime. I, I honestly don't know. All right, we're going to move on to something. Now this, I don't know whether this qualifies as irony or incredible. I do know it's ridiculous. And let me tell you, I talk about how crazy Florida is. Well, I live in California. We do crazy pretty good too. So here it is. And and I'm reading from an article in the Daily Beast. Um Whichever way Supreme Court Justice Anthony Kennedy votes on the constitutionality of Obamacare, the health care initiative, the people of his native state, California, need only get convicted of a serious crime, particularly if it involves violence, as a sure way to get adequate health care. That's right. If you're in prison in California, you are guaranteed free health care. Now, you got to be a real convict, you know, no, no little shoplifting or, or uh, you know, speeding tickets. We're talking killers, rapists, and armed robbers, and, you know, good old-fashioned violent crime. The Supreme Court ruled by five to four margin that the absence of adequate care for prisoners violates the Eighth Amendment's prohibition against cruel and unusual punishment 
and the majority decision was written by Justice Kennedy. So what he says is uh, once the government has taken someone into custody, that triggers a basic obligation to provide basic necessities of life. You have to provide food, water, shelter, and health care. So if you're in prison for a violent crime, the Supreme Court says that health care is a basic necessity of life. If you are free and have not been convicted of a violent crime, good luck on your health care. It is no longer a basic necessity. This is absolute insanity. It, it's unbelievable. And I wish, I wish I could write material like that. I wish I could be that insanely hypocritic. And, and if this is the law, if this is a legal decision, then it's time to change the law. I believe the Constitution is a living document. When they wrote it, they couldn't think of every possible scenario. They couldn't think of how our society would change over hundreds of years. They couldn't cover everything. The Constitution is a living document. It does get changed. But I don't even think you need to change the Constitution for this unless we just add the common sense amendment. Just simple common sense that if violent prisoners are entitled to health care as part of the basic necessities of life, he actually wrote that then American citizens are entitled to health care as one of the basic necessities of life. And, and I did use the word entitled, and it doesn't mean, oh my God, it's an entitlement, the government's going to give it to you. No, it's common sense. We need a health care plan. It's, we're the only civilized, and by civilized I mean first world nation, I shouldn't say civilized, we're the only first world nation that doesn't have health care. It, it's ridiculous. But for a Supreme Court justice to be talking out of the back of his neck like this, well, if you're in prison, you're entitled to it. But if you're running around free, you go ahead and hustle up some health care. What, what happens if you commit a violent crime to get health care? Like, you know, pull a gun at an insurance agency or something like that. I wonder what happens then. I guess the system would just crumble. <laughs> insanity. Speaking of insanity and reasonable men, it seems that Rick Santorum has finally let it go. Rick Santorum has bowed out of the presidential race. Um, what does that mean? That it, it score one for reasonable people, okay? Because apparently, um, you know, being against any women's rights toward contraception or what to do with their own bodies or, you know, not equating homosexuality with bestiality. That was another one that Rick loved. Um, Rick thought that, you know, those snobs going to college, those elitists, actually wanting a college education, even though he has multiple college degrees. Stop it, you elitists. All of that's gone. Um, Rick is gone. Wow. Comedy took a hit on that one. We, we liked Rick. Not as much as Herman Cain. Herman was much funnier than Rick. But Rick did all right, and, and we're going to miss him. So now it looks like it will be Romney versus Obama for president. And let's see how this pay, plays out. I wonder if Obama's really going to start campaigning or is he going to wait until um after you know after the uh conventions yes he he's fired a few shots at at romney and at various republicans and they've all fired shots at him but i guess now maybe it gets serious or, or maybe newt gingrich just wakes up pops up and says hey i still want to be president nah it ain't gonna happen so long rick santorum i wish i could say we're gonna miss you but um nah we're not. Okay, getting back to the great state of Florida and just how crazy it can be. Congressman 
Alan West, who's a Republican from Florida, a black Republican from Florida. We've, we've heard from Alan West numerous times. This is his latest in, in his, yes, I really am that crazy. And I think that's his campaign slogan or whatever. Um, with all that's going on with race in America, with the Trayvon Martin case and, and perhaps the um, Tulsa, Oklahoma shootings may or may not be racially motivated and, and a million other serious things going on, Alan West is upset. Alan West is upset. There is racism in America and he's going to weed it out. And he, he said, you want to talk about something really racist? There's a tanning tax and I'm not tanning. Now, what he's talking about is part of the um, Affordable Health Care Act, Obamacare, whatever you want to call it. There's a possibility of a 10% tax on tanning salons. And and it gets into, you know, I don't know that it's it's a luxury, maybe, or maybe it's the carcinogenic thing. Um, Center for Disease Control says, uh, I'm sorry, International Agency for Research on Cancer says that tanning beds are carcinogenic to humans and the Center for Disease Control shows that when you add a tax to something that's bad for you, people stop doing it. So that like they raise the tax on cigarettes ten percent, three to four percent people stop smoking and so on. So that that's what the tanning tax is about. But no, Alan West has gotten to the bottom of it. It is a racist tax. Because he's not tanning. And here's what's really funny, and I and I'll admit I didn't know this. Apparently, a lot of non-white people tan, but now that I read it, it makes sense. There might be light-skinned black people, there may be uh, Latin people, I mean, you know, for some reason, you may want to go a few shades darker, okay? Wasn't so much Michael Jackson's thing, Sammy Sosa didn't want to go that way, but you might want to get a few shades darker. But Alan West will put a stop to this horrible racism, where, <laughs> honestly, where do they find these guys? How do you find this guy? I'll give it to the Republicans. They don't just find black people. They can find crazy black people. Alan West fighting the tanning tax in the same state that the Trayvon Martin case is going on. Yeah, good one, Alan. Way to go. And and yes, I'm black, but I tell you, we I don't claim the crazy ones. Sorry. Okay. Moving on. Ozzie Guillen. Ozzie Guillen, if you if you don't know sports, is an outspoken manager. He's Venezuelan. Used to manage the Chicago White Sox, now manages the Miami Marlins. Um, Ozzie Guillen knows baseball. Ozzie Guillen has led his team to winning the World Series. Uh, Miami, if you don't know about this, the Marlins were, were formerly known as the Florida Marlins. They were owned by the guy who owned Blockbuster. He basically sunk a bunch of money into the team, won a World Series. He was happy, sold all the players wholesale and and basically, the team ran into the ground. Florida's football place, not a not a baseball place. Marlins weren't doing well. So the new owners of the Miami Marlins changed the name to Miami Marlins. And they're building the team. And they brought in Ozzie Guillen. They brought in a, a shortstop named Jose Reyes. They, they absolutely wanted to appeal to the Latin community. Because Miami has a huge Latin community. As a matter of fact, I think the majority in Dade County is, is uh, Hispanic. So... Ozzie Guillen says that he loves, and, and I'm paraphrasing, but basically that he loved and respected Fidel Castro for living this long in a place where everybody wants to kill him. Now, obviously the community's up in arms. I mean, there were so many Cubans in Miami and they escaped a dictator 
life was horrible for them under Fidel Castro. Life was horrible for anyone under Fidel Castro. And Ozzie Guillen says this. Now Ozzie, of course, is apologizing, says he, it, you know, he didn't mean it the way it sounded, that he thinks in Spanish, speaks in English, and it came out wrong. I don't know. I, I don't know what Ozzie was thinking, but here's the thing, Ozzie. You don't mention Fidel Castro in any context. You, you're, you're a baseball manager. Leave it alone. How could you... This one, I don't know if it's motivated by does he truly support Castro or if it was just insane, but Ozzy, you so blew it on this one. And there's going to be repercussions. You know, it started out, they're giving him a five-game suspension, but Ozzy may get fired for this. You know why? Because it's business. This doesn't have to do with, with any hatred of Castro or love of Cubans. You got to think. If you own the Miami Marlins, you are selling a Latin team in a Latin community. You cannot have a manager speak out positively for Fidel Castro. And if, if the sponsors and the, the fans and everyone else says, no, we hate it. We're not coming to the games. Ozzy will be out of work. You blew it on that one, Ozzy. Stick to baseball and make your crazy comments in baseball because those are funny. If you haven't heard it, he's like Charles Barkley. He doesn't hold back. When he talks about ball players and the rules and things like that, Ozzy's great. Just Ozzy, stay out of politics. We got enough dumb politicians. You got Alan West down there in Florida. Let Alan do the talking. Here's another one from Florida, and this one hits close to home for me. Tim Tebow. Tim Tebow spoke at a big Easter service in Texas. 15,000 people showed up. Tim Tebow talked about how proud he is to do his evangelical uh, proselytizing at football games. And he said that, you know, athletes are role models and so on. And listen, I am a Jet fan. I can't stand Tim Tebow. Tim Tebow is a lousy quarterback. You want to talk about being a role model, Tim? How about being a good player? I mean, shouldn't that be the first part of being a role model? Being good at your job? When when Charles Barkley did the I Am Not a Role Model ad campaign for Nike, Charles Barkley was <clears throat> one of the premier power forwards in the NBA. When Terrell Owens, who, who probably is a bad guy, definitely self-centered and an, a, an example of what's wrong with athletes today. But you know something? Terrell Owens is a hell of a receiver. A hell of a receiver. Record-setting. Amazing wide receiver. Tim Tebow is a bad backup quarterback. Don't take my word for it. John Elway couldn't wait to get rid of him. John Elway, MVP, multiple Super Bowl winner, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. I would think John Elway knows what a good quarterback is, and he got rid of Tebow. He says Tebow sucks. Listen, Tim, you want to be this evangelical? Do me a favor. Stop working on Sundays. Take Sundays off. Give up football and go preach somewhere. I'm a Jet fan. He has ruined the Jets. And I've said it before. I'll say it again. I'm looking for another team to root for. That's how much I can't stand Tim Tebow. Where did Tim Tebow go to school? Florida. What's wrong with you people, Florida? You're nuts. You're nuts. And this is coming from a guy in California, a place that halfway elected Arnold Schwarzenegger once and elected him the second time. Yeah, we replaced the governor with an actor. And you guys are crazier than us. Stop it. Tim Tebow, shut up. Instead of doing your, your preaching, how about practice? How about throwing a football seven days a week and maybe you will get good at it? I liked him in college. He was a winner in college. He went pro. He started shooting off his mouth. And, and please, you've ruined the Jets. Ugh. 
Bubba Watson won the Masters. Um, he is he's won his first major. It was an awesome playoff on Sunday. Now you may not have heard about this if you were watching ESPN because ESPN was simply all Tiger all the time. It, the coverage was horrible. It was slanted. It was everything was Tiger, Tiger, Tiger. Listen, Tiger had a horrible weekend, and if you ever played golf. Tiger did what golfers do. He got so mad on Friday, he kicked the golf club. I know it's not professional, but it was human. It's what happens. Tiger played awful. And the thing about Tiger playing awful is, how about you just say that? Tiger's having a really bad weekend. Tiger's over par. Show a couple of his shots. And then actually focus on the guys at the top of the leaderboard, the guys who are playing well. It, it's it. Bubba Watson won a major. For him... That's huge. Tiger has won 14 majors. Let me talk about Tiger for a minute. I'm going to do the ESPN thing because I never turned on Tiger. Yes, I made fun of Tiger because I'm a comedian and the whole scandal part of his life with the wife and the the women and all was funny. But as a golfer, there, there are people who don't even know how good Tiger was. Okay, Bubba Watson is amazed, ecstatic, because he won one major. Tiger has won 14 of them. Tiger was so good that he was ranked number one for like a year and a half after he stopped winning. Like he took a year off from golf and was still ranked number one in the world for the year. He was that far ahead of the field. At one point, Tiger held all four major titles, the Masters, the U.S. Open, the PGA, and the British Open at the same time. And people complained. They said, well, he didn't win them all in one year. You know, he won two in one year, two in the next. I mean, do you understand how great a golfer Tiger was. Tiger won't be that golfer again. Tiger's still a great golfer. He won at Bay Hill, and I'm hoping he wins again. I'm hoping he wins another major. But ESPN, you are so hypocritical in how you worshipped him, then you completely trashed him, and now you're worshipping him again. Without him, you guys don't make money. I have a friend who says there should be a Tiger tax. Every golfer should have to pay 10% of his income to Tiger Woods simply because the money wouldn't be there if it wasn't for Tiger. Look it up. Before Tiger, majors were paying three to $500,000. Now you win a major, it pays one to one and a half million dollars. The difference is Tiger Woods. He made golf popular, okay? He's having a bad time. I have God bless him, and, and he's, he has to learn to work around his bad knees and just a bunch of other you know things that happen to old athletes, but enough about that. Bubba Watson won, and Bubba Watson won in the classic Masters tradition, the back nine on Sunday. He battled Oostenheisen, who I'm saying his name wrong, but he battled the South African, and it went to a playoff, and Bubba Watson won. Kudos and congratulations, and, and it's kind of cool. To have a guy named Bubba win a golf tournament. Somewhere, John Daly was sitting at a Hooters, drinking a beer, saying, <laughs> Bubba won. Good for us. So, congrats, Bubba. And uh, ESPN, you are really dropping the ball on this. Okay? Okay. Let's shift gears. It's tax time. April 15th. got to file your taxes. Or at least file for an extension. Or you can just let it go and let them come get you. Just ask the Wesley Snipes how that works out. Anyway, surprisingly, there are five hypothetical taxes that Americans would actually support. In other words, you know, our tax system is broken. We all know it. We, we have multimillionaires and billionaires paying super low tax rates. We have corporations not paying any taxes at all. And the average Joe is probably being overtaxed to make up for this. It 
the whole system's broken. There's all kind of deductions and, you know, and so we need to revise the tax code. And by revise, I don't mean add another thousand pages, you know, simplify it, remove it. But anyway, they were just throwing stuff out there, doing a survey. Okay. Um, <clears throat> and the survey said, what taxes would Americans support? And this comes from Time magazine, a soda tax. It, it seems 64% um, of Americans would, would like a, a, a soda tax. And, and, you know, well, okay, I'm sorry. This is California. Doesn't count for Americans. Californians. But anyway, the idea of taxing sugary drinks uh, to discourage people and discourage kids from drinking them is, is an idea out there that people are like, mm, okay, not bad. Maybe not good. But not bad. And and it's again, if something's bad for you, you know, it's like they used to call them sin taxes and they, and they put them on cigarettes and alcohol and they find out too much sugar in soda is really bad for you. Is it a good idea to me? I don't know. I, you know, another nickel a bottle for soda is OK, depending on where the money goes. I mean, put the money into schools, especially California, where we spend more on our prisons than on schools. And we have an entire legislature and governor say, hmm, why is that a bad idea? So if there's a soda tax and the money goes to schools and, and it can't be touched, I'm with it. An online sales tax. Um, the way it works, if you buy something online and that company doesn't have a store in your state, you don't have to pay tax. And obviously the big ones like Amazon and Overstock who don't have stores, you know, you there's a lot of tax revenue not being collected. So people are OK, I guess, with an online sales tax. Um a reasonable amount sounds reasonable. I don't know, 5% sales tax, maybe 7% sales tax, something like that. Yeah, that that's okay. It makes sense. It, it's unfair competition that they don't have sales tax and, you know, the average store down the street does. So you're automatically getting a discount by buying online. Um, I shop both ways in stores and online. I wouldn't like an online tax, but it probably would be fair. The Buffett tax, just... Raising the tax rate on millionaires, okay? Um, if you make a million a year or more, your tax rate is 30%. That, to me, that sounds reasonable because so many people who make less than a million are paying 30%. I will tell you I make less than a million dollars a year. Some people think I make a million dollars a year. I sure wish I make a million dollars a year because I just test drove an Audi R8 and I would love to be able to afford one. But I don't. But I don't mind paying taxes. I don't mind the fact that I make more money and I pay more taxes. And as far as, well, I don't want to pay taxes for something I don't use. Listen, everyone pays taxes for things they don't use. My taxes go towards schools. I don't have kids in school, but that's how it works. You have to pay taxes. It's how the government works. Our problem, I don't think, is paying taxes. Our problem is how the government uses taxes. Inefficient poorly the the on on any level from the local level to the federal government they spend money that's not theirs and they throw it away so we can cut back on waste but the idea of not paying taxes is ridiculous the idea that warren buffett pays taxes at a lower rate than his secretary is ridiculous the idea that coca-cola doesn't pay taxes that halliburton is an offshore company and beats taxes all of those loopholes are ridiculous so uh, a tax on the wealthy, it'd be good. Um, Romney won't go for that. Higher gas taxes. This one's a surprise that people 
would support higher gas taxes with the price of gas being high. But people are like, hey, our roads are broken, our bridges are falling down, so if there was a few pennies more a gallon and it was guaranteed to be used. See, there's the problem. You don't you don't charge a higher gas tax and then use it to pay for con- congressional health care. You know, raise the gas tax a few pennies and put the money directly into fixing the roads and rebuilding the bridges and getting the tunnels before a tunnel collapses and kills, you know, hundreds of people. People, pe- humans are reasonable. Americans are reasonable. And I don't think they would mind that kind of tax as long as it was used properly no bridges to nowhere the money has to be used to, to fix the roads we drive on and the last one and, and there's been talk about this before a consumption tax basically tax anything you buy and and the theory behind that is it would reduce on consumption and in, increase on savings I don't know. I don't know about the consumption tax because we already pay sales tax. So now it's a, it's another tax and it makes everything more expensive. So it, it's a good idea. My problem with it is that, you know, you have different sales taxes in different states. And then, you know, as we already talked about, we as I already talked about, online sales are not taxed. So I don't know about the consumption tax, but there it is. Five taxes that Americans support. Okay. <clears throat> Here's another one. Here's one that, like we didn't know it. Um, the Journal of Personality and Social Psychology, which, which is a bunch of really smart people examining how we work and how we operate, says homophobic attitudes are likely to be stronger among those who have repressed same-sex attraction. Hmm. We better take another look at Santorum. So basically what they're saying is if you have any repressed same-sex urges, fantasies, whatever, you're more likely to be homophobic. I think we all know that. I think we've seen often enough the guys yelling against the loudest against gay marriage turn out to be gay. A lot of these um, crazy televangelists, you know, turn out to have some kind of sexual thing going on. And so now I guess science actually backs it up. So, um, wow. Um, Quoting... Um, Dr. Ryan, who wrote this, uh, Professor Dr. Ryan's a professor of psychology at the University of Rochester. In many cases, these are people who are at war with themselves and they are turning this internal conflict outward. We laugh at or make fun of such blatant hypocrisy, but in a real way, these people may often themselves be victims of repression, etc., etc. Eh, I'm going to go ahead and laugh at and make fun of them every time one of them comes out, pun intended. Here is something you will never see in the American business world. Sony is cutting 10,000 jobs, but before they do, they're requesting the return of executive bonuses. Okay, let me say that again. I hope you're not driving right now because you probably already crashed when you heard this. Apparently, in response to mounting losses in Sony's TV business, they're going to have to lay off 10,000 people. But before they do, they're asking seven of their executive directors, including the chairman, to return their bonuses. In other words, you guys were in charge. You did a bad job. Give your bonus money back before we lay off working people. I'm, I'm flabbergasted. I, I don't know what to say. I have never seen it. They don't teach this in American business schools. That's for sure. 
You didn't see any Goldman Sachs people giving money back or, or any other corporation that, you know, poor business practices ran into the ground. But, they, I mean, airlines, they, they lost billions and billions of dollars, declared bankruptcy, laid off employees, took away employee benefits, etc., etc., then got back on their feet and all the executives took multi-million dollar bonuses and said, hey, we did a great job. <laughs> Sony, wow, this is amazing. What if this were a trend? Oh, let me stop it. That's not going to be a trend. It's ridiculous. They might stop Sony from doing business in America. They certainly won't allow this to be taught in any American business schools. <laughs> CEOs and executives giving back their bonuses just because they screwed up. What the hell? Could, see, Japan, the hell's wrong with you? And finally... And, and on a sad note, Mike Wallace passed away this week. Mike Wallace, 93 years old. He lived a full life. And he did a phenomenal job. Uh, probably most well known for 60 Minutes. From a time when 60 Minutes did real investigative reporting. There was a time, and you kids probably don't remember. You're too young. But there was a time when 60 Minutes came to your door. You knew you were in trouble. You didn't want 60 Minutes cameras in your office. You, you, they'd show people blocking the door, don't let them in. Mike Wallace would actually question people. You know, he, he was involved in Watergate. And this is, Watergate was the original investigation. Now we have everything gate. You know, now that there's a this gate, there's a that gate. Watergate was back when reporters were reporters. And they got to, they basically caught the Nixon campaign spying on the Democrats, and and they brought down the entire Nixon administration. That would never happen now. Now it would be, you know, considered national security, or maybe Anderson Cooper's hair would get messed up so he wouldn't get involved, or, or worse, George Stephanopoulos, who is, has to be the worst reporter on a national level. George Stephanopoulos had George Bush on back when George Bush was president, and George Bush said, regarding the Iraq war, it was never stay the course. And then they showed 17 incidents, incidences of him saying stay the course in various speeches. And Stephanopoulos didn't question him on it. And then Stephanopoulos had Rudy Giuliani on and Rudy Giuliani said out loud, there was never a terrorist attack on American soil under George Bush, completely ignoring that whole 9-11 thing. Mike Wallace was the complete opposite. If, they, if one of those politicians had made such a ridiculous statement in front of Mike Wallace, he'd have torn him apart. Yeah, Mike Wallace was a real reporter back when there was real news, when the, the media, also known as the Fourth Estate, actually cared more about the truth and reporting than about ratings. Mike Wallace, you'll be missed. Thank you for your service. Uh, this is Alonzo Bowden. Sorry to go out on a serious note, but that guy was was a, the real deal, and, and the media has so dropped the ball. I loved him. But anyway, this was Who's Paying Attention, Episode 5. Thanks for listening. Check me out on NPR. I'm, I'm going to be on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Depending on when you listen to this, I may have already been on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. I love you. I thank you. Support my jazz musician friends. Mellow out. And um, how about we stop shooting each other? You know, just for today. <laughs> <laughs>